That is a hot take. Prove uh, me wrong. You're never I've wrong never been wrong before. Right. Yeah, you're wrong this time, Polly. Syracuse basketball is a name brand. The cream rises to the top, Polly. The Yankees will be there. Polly asked that question on purpose, and I just don't like Polly right now. <laughs> Nobody needs a six-hour baseball game. If you're going to lose that many face-offs and you only lose by a goal to a number one team, is it really so bad? You claim that my buddy doll is as dependent as a child. Yeah, that's a great idea. I don't think you can get away with that. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Pauly Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Alongside Pauly Sebelia, I'm Stephen Fonte. As we welcome you into a Friday edition of Orange Nation, leading you into this Beautiful weekend. We've got several guests lined up for you today at 1230. We're going to talk with Mark Raimondi, ESPN Combat Sports reporter, to preview the Paul Mayweather fight. Oh, my goodness. This is a this is a doing of, of our producer, Jordan. So so bear with us. Uh, I'm interested. I almost might watch this. You almost might watch it. it. If there's nothing else going on, if everything else on earth is canceled... I may watch that. Ringing endorsement for our 1230 segment. Uh, coming up at 1245, we, we tried to get him on earlier in the week. We're going to get him on today. Brandon Steiner from the Collectible Exchange will join us. And then coming up at 130, Tim Leonard. He's half of the Locked on Syracuse podcast, also producer of the Scores Table podcast with Eric Devendorf, former student of mine at Syracuse University, Tim Leonard, uh, will join us at 130. Plus, we'll mix in your phone calls at any time, 315 315- Four three seven seventy six forty four. You lied to me, by the way, yesterday. You told me no Padres game last night. I know I was wrong. Yeah. I was completely out of it. I watched it. You did. Yeah, I, I, that's what I was going to say. You think Brandon Steiner, like with my new found fortune, will uh, my Phil Mickelson money will go out and find me an item if I ask him? I'm sure he will. If I say that's hey, what he does you for a living, you got any uh, Fernando Tatis stuff? Maybe I'll ask him, see if we can get some Padres. So you're going to chime in on this interview. I look forward yeah, to that. Excellent. I will. I, I look forward or to Or any that. Padre stuff. All right, so we've got to start the show today talking Jim Beheim. So obviously this is on the heels of the Coach K news from two days ago. Then K spoke yesterday. Jim Beheim uh, wanted to reserve comment until Duke made it official. And he's done a few interviews over the course of the last 24 to 36 hours. He spoke with... Uh, Adam Zagoria from Forbes Magazine. He spoke with Donna DeTota from Syracuse.com. He spoke with our, bre- our very own Brent Axe uh, I yesterday. I think he's scared to come on this program. Uh, well, we reached out to him from a Channel 9 perspective. <laughs> we have not heard back. Um, but uh, but in any event, he's he's been out there doing some interviews. And a couple of newsworthy things um, from the, the Zagoria article in particular, and then we'll get to, to Brent's interview with him as well. So Zagori asked him if he could see himself coach until he was 80. He said, I don't see why not, essentially. I love coaching. I'm going to keep coaching. I don't know when it's going to stop. Um, could I see myself on the bench You know, at 80? I'm paraphrasing here. But, uh, but he said that he could see himself coaching for another whatever, four or five years. Again, he's 76 right now, turned 77 in November. He said, I could see myself coaching until I'm 80. So that was certainly you know one of the newsworthy items to come out of the article. The other one that I, I thought was was interesting is that, again, according to Zagoria, he makes it sound like Buddy is gone after next year, kind of no matter what. Um, He says, and this is quoting from the article, uh, Jim Bayam said he expects both of his sons to stay for just one more season. Quote, they're just going to play one year, that's it. 
end quote. Uh, and that's a, a, a quote from Jim Behan. Well, could that be together, you think, maybe? That's not the way I take it. They're just, well, because obviously they're going to well, only play one year together because yeah. Jimmy's out of eligibility. If Buddy has a good year, I, he, he's gone, right? But Well, I, I think we had discussed that. Again, the way that I read that, I'm just going to read it again. Jim Bam said he expects both of his sons to stay for just one more season. Quote, they're just going to play one year. That's it. I take that as the assumption is Buddy's here for one more year and he's gone. And he's going pro. Um I thought that was interesting as well. We've kind of glossed over that. I understand why, because we're talking about Jim Beheim and maybe coaching here till he's 80, and there was a lot of speculation you know, when Buddy arrived that, well, I'm sure he'll stay until Buddy's out and then he'll be done. Um, he's saying Buddy and Jimmy are going to be here for one more year and that he might coach until he's 80. So I understand why we kind of gloss over the Buddy's only in the program one more year, but the way that I read that is he fully expects Buddy to play one more season and then move on. I am very high on Buddy Beheim. I'm He's aware. a great player. Do I think Buddy Beheim is going to play a full season like he did the last month and a half, two months of the season next year? Well, that's that's I, asking a lot. Yeah, out of I'm, a kid. I'm not sure that's realistic. But, to but do. that's what he's really got to do, right? To to get um, out of here. I don't know about that. I don't know if you have to do that over the course of a season. I think he's. I, I think scouts have seen what he can be and. It wasn't a fluke what he did. That wasn't like a four-game hot streak. I mean, he was hot for a month no, and a no, half. No, I get that. So, I, you know, does he have to duplicate that over thirty-five games next season? I'm not saying average twenty-five, but he's going to have to. He's going to have to be a first-team All ACC. The kid can player. flat out shoot. I mean, yeah. I don't think that's going to go away. So, you know, define really good season. I mean, if he's seventeen a game, yeah. I mean, you don't think that's realistic? No, that's good. That's good. I would take that in a heartbeat. I'm just saying, is he going to do enough with his skill set to take it to the next level? I guess what I would say is that we already know that he's got size, certainly. We already know he could shoot the lights out. He's got range. He could shoot it from... He's proven all that already. The shooting thing's what's going to get him into the league. Right. You know, but... And that's not going away. So, I, you know... Does he have to come in and average a certain amount of points for scouts to be intrigued? I think the scouts are already intrigued, Paulie, based on what happened this year and the way that he, I mean, again, this wasn't like he got hot for the NCAA tournament. I mean, he he was hot from, you know, the, the last month and a half of the season. I mean, again, go back and, and look at just the numbers that he put up and the way that he shot the basketball. And, um, you know, really once the calendar flipped to February, you know, mid, mid-February on, he was he was lights out. So I think that the scouts already know what he can do, what he's capable of, what his skill set is. I think he'll add to it going into next year. But I don't think he necessarily needs to average a certain amount of points for you know the NBA to be like, mm. he's going to have to continue to shoot. Yeah, but I, I mean... Nobody's going to draft him if he has a down year. You know? Well, I don't know. I mean, his ability... I mean, we would consider him an elite shooter, yes? Yeah. And Pat is in here uh, already in his uh, famous Pat Glory on Twitch. Nobody's drafting Buddy Beheim for his defense in rebounding. He's going to have one role in the NBA, and that's to shoot. Yeah, stretch the defense yes. and shoot it from anywhere and yeah. make There's it from anywhere. many players in the league that do that. Uh, he, he would be very good at it. It's just so, a matter of... And we've talked about this with, with past guys, right, that... 
What do you do exceptionally well? I think Tyus Battle is a guy. You look at him. Tyus Battle was a great college basketball player. He was a great player for Syracuse. Great scorer, tremendous, uh, you know, tremendous athlete. But I think part of his issue was he didn't do anything exceptionally well, yeah. right? I mean, one of the best parts of his game was his mid-range game. They don't look for yeah. the mid-range game in the NBA. It's all about layups and shooting threes. What does Buddy Bayham do exceptionally? Buddy Bayham does something exceptionally well. Yes. He shoots the basketball and he's got size to go along with it. Six seven, what you know, whatever he's listed at, six seven, six eight. He's got size. He can shoot. Yes, he has some things to work on, obviously, but he does something exceptionally well and, and that fits on pretty much any roster. Yeah. A six seven guy who could come off the he's bench get, and shoot it from anywhere. He's got to get put on the right team. Right. Right. You know? And he could he could do a Steve Kerr. Kyle Korver role. He may not be as good as those two guys, but hell, he could come in and do that. And uh, I, I just think he's going to have to shoot the ball exceptionally well again for another year, if if it's only one and done, one more year for him. Because you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and I, I guess what I'm saying is, is I I have no reason to believe he's not going to shoot the ball well. I, I don't think he's got to you know not, put up the same numbers that he did from you know I'm I'm just looking at his stats. It was February 9th, really, where this thing started. The NC State game on February 9th, and he just had it rolling the rest of the way. Does he have to duplicate that for the entire season? I don't know as if that's possible. Um, I think the scouts have already seen what he can do, and as long as he has a good year. I mean, he finished 38% from three last year, and that takes into account a miserable start to the season. I mean, he's a 40-plus percent three-point shooter. And as long as he shoots around I, that next year, which I have no reason to believe he won't, um, yeah, I think he. I think he's already enticed the scouts that he. they know what he can do if he can add to his game. Um, I'm not saying he's a first round draft pick, but no. I think the thought is, well, it would it would be time for him. Then you know he would have spent four years here. It'll be time for him to move on, even though he's got that one year of eligibility left. Yeah, it, it'll uh, it'll be interesting to see. It's going to be a fun year. But again, that's that's why I find it newsworthy because I I wasn't thinking. Well, it's a no brainer that Buddy's gone after one more year. Like there are certain players that you look at, like, well, he's only going to be here for one more year. I didn't necessarily look at Buddy and say he's one of those guys. I understand the point, um, you know, the fact that he'll be what? So he, he's uh, November of ninety nine when he was born. So we're talking he's he turns twenty two at the beginning of the season. He'll turn twenty three at the start of you know what would be his fifth year of eligibility. He, you know, maybe maybe it is time for him to go to the league. You know, it's a young yeah. man's game as we know. So. Um, I just I didn't look at him as a no brainer to leave after next season, but reading that article, it seems like it may be a no brainer that he's leaving after next season. Yeah, uh, I, I'm interested to see how it all plays out. I'm also not buying Coach Beheim's coaching till he's eighty. I'm not buying it. I uh, I will uh, I'll do something if he coaches till he's eighty. Well, you, you make it sound like it's 10 years from now. No, I know, but you just, even he said it. He turned 77 in November. Even you, he said it in the interview yesterday with Brent. It just hits you. It's just going to hit him one day. And I can see it very easily hitting him when both of his kids are done with school, you know? Yeah. I mean, yes. I think the assumption was he's staying through, you know, until Buddy's done and we all assumed that Buddy was going to be here two more years, and that would take him up to he would turn 78 at the beginning of that season. Um, he's saying he's got a couple more in him. 
and that there's no end in sight. He likes coaching, says he's healthy. Let, let's get to some of the sound from from Brent's interview with him yesterday. You, I know you've got it in front of you, so yeah, we'll go I'll with let, the let uh, you no, fire no away. end in sight from Jim Beheim. That's always part of it, part of coaching uh, that you might leave somebody, but uh, I don't anticipate it. I anticipate coaching for a while. I don't have any end game in sight. We've had pretty good success. I think we're. We should have more success now. We've gotten through a lot of things that we had to get through, and I think we're in a good position. I, I just, I don't know. It, it also scares me that they, the guy's 77, right? You're going to be 70? November, Going yeah. to be 70. He doesn't have an end game? I, I think that should be a requirement for somebody who's 77. I think John Wildhack should be on Coach Beheim's door right now and say, you know what, let's get an end game put together here. <laughs> you know, well, I'm not forcing you out, but you're 77. Let's they have a have plan a, for yeah, just in case. Yeah, let's have a plan in place. You know? And they did for the longest time, obviously, yeah. and uh, and now that plan is different. That plan left and went to Washington. Gotcha. I, I don't know. I, I think they should definitely get a succession plan in place. If if they're staying in house, you know, yeah, yeah, and maybe they do. Maybe they have a a succession plan in place, and they're just not letting us know about it. Want to go to the phones really quick before we get more? Yeah, it's Pat. Not Pat uh, wants to talk. Buddy in the NBA. Hey Pat, how are you today? Hey, good. How are you guys doing today? Good. 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 So uh, you know something else to bring up too. Uh, those those guys in the Euro League make really good money. I don't understand why people. Uh, on media, when they when a Syracuse player ends up overseas, they they knock them. I mean, they make a boatload of money, probably more than most of those guys that are criticizing them make overseas. And you know, that's another option for Buddy. I mean, there's no shame in playing overseas. They get paid, I would think, probably more than the G League would pay them. And uh, the NBA, I mean, that's a great idea for him. I, I hope he makes it. I mean, every, I can't imagine if you're playing it at, at, at a Power Five level, you, you don't have at least some aspiration to. Uh, play in the NBA, or at least professionally, somewhere. So I, I really hope he uh, is able to make that uh, happen. And I really think he, they, he has a great role somewhere, especially if not in the NBA, in the EuroLeague. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's a valid point. Um, 100% right. Yeah, that, that's that's a valid point. We say NBA because that's obviously the goal. I mean, all yeah. these guys who grew up in America, that's their goal is yeah. to play at the highest level, I which mean, is the NBA. But, you know, to Pat's point, he's not wrong. I mean, that's a... It's a pretty good consolation prize if the NBA doesn't work out to to end up overseas and he's going to get money. a sniff though. Yeah. I I think so. I mean, I think he, I think he's in position right now, and you know we'll see what happens next year. But I guess I don't want to put words in your mouth. I think we disagree a little bit in that I don't think he has to have like this unbelievable season next year. Well, see, this is where I question that because if that was the case, why didn't he go? Like, go while the iron's hot, like. You're not going to be that good again on that level of a stage, right? You know, I mean, yes. That, I mean, that's that's true. He may have I, games I, like that again, but that streak was enough to to do it. Right? I think he's on everybody's radar, regardless of if he goes nuts next year or not. And maybe if he does go nuts, then you know, maybe he does put himself in position to be, you know, to move up. In he's terms also of his in a position style. that a lot of players aren't, where. He's playing for comes, his dad. He's coming he's about out, to play with his brother. He's not going to be financially hurting even if he doesn't right. make it. So he also comes from that situation, which a lot of players right. don't. And again, we, you don't know how much the whole you know Jimmy 
thing played into it or the fact yeah. that he gets to play for his dad one more year. Like there are certainly reasons for him to stay. Um, yeah. And, and I, I don't look at it as well. He's, he's going to take a step back next year. Again, I have no reason to believe that he's not going to be just as good of a shooter next year. Now, is he going to have that month and a half stretch? Probably not. But, you know, is he going to be a 40% three-point shooter from three? Why not? Yeah, I I agree with you. I I think we're just in the semantics on our disagreement here. But it's it'll be interesting. It's uh, He's putting a lot, like, a lot of other players would have gone, I think, in that situation if they were coming off that stretch. That stretch, you know? Yeah, and again, who's he going to seek for advice? His inner circle is his father, but it also happens to be his coach. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, if his coach says and his dad says, you know what, probably probably best to come back. Home. Like, his his dad knows what he's doing, right? Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. so while other players may have their families in their ear telling them something different than what the coach is telling them in his ear, the, the coach and the dad in this case are the same. And so, you know, he's back for what it sounds like just one more year. And uh, and then we'll see him move on after that. We do have to take a timeout. Phone lines remain open. 315-437-7644. More on Coach Bayham on the other side. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. This is Orange Nation. All right, Stephen Pauly back with you here on a Friday edition of Orange Nation, leading you into the weekend. We've got Mark Raimondi from ESPN. He's a combat sports reporter for the network. He's set to join us uh, in the next segment, but we continue the Jim Beheim talk. All right, I just want to say one thing about it. Have you seen any of the hype for that fight? The A L- little bit, a little bit here and there. The, I hope Mayweather beats the tar out of that kid. There isn't a more punchable human... On the face of the earth. I hope he destroys him. That is the only thing that is even compelling me to watch. That Mayweather somehow beats him into a bloody pulp. I'm not sure either guy is all that likable, to be honest I, with I, you. Yeah, that's that's saying a lot. Right. To have this guy, like, there is, to have this guy at a level where I hope Mayweather just, he's one of those kids that, just a rich white kid from be, doing nothing. He's a male Paris Hilton. <laughs> and he deserves to be beaten within an inch of his life. The male Paris Hilton, that is a, that's a good analogy. That is a good <laughs> analogy. Um, and you may consider perhaps potentially watching if there's nothing else. Oh, on. yeah. If, if that dude's getting the tar kicked out of him, yeah, I'm watching. All right, let's get back to Brent's uh, interview with Jim Beheim, uh last night. Uh, he spent a lot of time talking about Quincy yeah. um, during this interview. In fact, the, the first question that, that Brent asked <laughs> was about Coach K, and it uh, it took about 30 seconds or so before it, it circled back into Quincy. It almost sounds like Coach Beheim stole my opinion on this whole situation. Go ahead well, he doesn't know that. Nobody knows that. So you get there and see what happens. He was in a good situation. He played 34 minutes a game. He made third team all ACC, which is a pretty competitive league, as a sophomore. And, uh, you know, he would have had more opportunities ahead. Whether he thought that we had better three-point shooters here next year uh, or not, I don't know. But he certainly was not going to be limited in 
dribbling. When he came here, he really couldn't dribble the ball too much. Adrian, Coach Autry worked with him extremely hard every day, and he's gotten better. Everybody can see that. And that's what we expect from our program. We expect guys to get better, and he got better. Uh, but it's a false narrative to say he was not going to be able to shoot threes or not going to be able to dribble here. And you've been saying that. Yeah. It, I, go ahead. If you. He clearly could shoot threes. He was allowed to shoot them this year, right? Yeah. And he missed a lot of wide open threes. So, uh, but I'm just, that's not why he left, uh, is my opinion, you know? 31% from three. Yeah. So I'm, I just don't feel like that's why, why he left. And, uh, I've said it before. I think it may have come down to just Quincy was not happy here, you know? And getting called out in press conferences stuff probably wore on the kid. Right. And I'll agree with with Jim Beheim in saying that no one knows whether or not Oregon is a better fit or a better situation. Yeah. The part that I, I found a little bit amusing is that when Brent brought up what Quincy said, then Jim Beheim dismissed that and said, Well, you can't just believe what the kid says why he trans I mean it is the I mean it was his opinion like that's yeah that, and, and, and you hope that's what the, that's the right thing to say right it's the right thing to say to your point it's, we we don't know yeah, if there was more to if it if he wasn't happy here you'd rather have him say I don't feel like I could uh play to my skill set than right. then I wasn't happy. I hated here <laughs> here's why I was unhappy yeah right yeah, so, so um in any event there was a lot of Quincy talk um, on that interview last night. But Qu- I, Quincy would have been able to do what he wanted to do. And and Coach Bayham also said, I'm going to use the kid what he's best at, you know? Right, he's got a rebound, you know? There's no way around that. So if he doesn't want to be a rebounder, it's unfortunate because he's good at it, and college teams in particular are going to need him to be good at it. If he goes to Oregon, like they're, they're going to need him to hit the glass. With that size, he's going to need to rebound in right. the NBA, too. Right. So... so in any event, it, I mean, it is it is a, a gamble to some degree to go somewhere else. And he's right. He had carved out a nice role for himself here. He was playing a lot of minutes. He was going to continue to play a lot of minutes. He was a third-team all-conference selection. No reason to believe that, you know, he wouldn't have been in the mix to, you know, to be an all-conference selection next year as well. Um, yeah. Hey, do you want me to throw to another, the next one that I... Yeah, let's get, let's get one more in here before we so, move on. He, he also kind of went... Uh, uh, on this, I thought this was kind of savage. They replaced everyone they lost in two days. Syracuse is a name brand. We've had transfers since I started coaching here. There's going to be more now because it's easier to go and pick a place. You don't have to sit out a year. I, I'm sure if he had to sit out a year, he would still be here. But, you know, we wouldn't have the guys that we have now. But that's the, you have to adjust to the landscape. That's the change. Uh, guys will leave if they're not, if they feel they're not getting enough shots or if they feel they might not get enough shots, um, then I think you'll lose guys. And yet there's guys there ready to come in and in two or two days we, we replaced everybody that we lost. That's a fact. True fact, story. Factual statement. Not a lot of schools can do that, though. You know, he also said something before we move on. He also said something that came. There's a lot of kids that are going to be stuck in the portal. Yeah, 
And, and it's all, well, that's think, the horrible thing about the whole thing. Is, I think John Bolajak might have been one of those yeah, guys. And stuck it, in the yeah, and he got lucky they didn't fill his spot. Yeah, they were, he was able to come back. And they like him. I mean, he's yeah. a he's a good locker room yeah, guy, but, good you know, big body that can help out in practice and every, so on and so forth. Everybody's but, talking about how great this is for kids of Quincy's and you know right. Cole Swider's caliber. You're, there's a lot of kids that are going to be stuck out there, and they've blown it. They've blown an opportunity that they probably shouldn't have uh, wasted. All right, we can certainly circle back to this topic. Uh, we've got back-to-back interviews coming up. We've got Mark Raimondi from ESPN on the other side, then Brandon Steiner from the Collectible Exchange to wrap up our number one. But phone lines will be open uh, for most of our number two. Stick with us. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. This is Orange Nation. All right, hour number two of Orange Nation underway on ESPN Radio. Stephen Fonte, Paulie Sibilia with you up until 2 o'clock. We've got Tim Leonard from the Locked on Syracuse podcast set to join us uh, at 1.30. He's also the producer of the Scores Table podcast with Eric Devendorf. Uh, so we'll talk some some college basketball with Tim coming up uh, at 1.30. But we kick off the second hour talking some NBA basketball can I, can I say with something our before we producer start? Jordan. Go ahead, Jordan, Paul. without fail, walks out of the studio as we're coming back from the break and then has to come back in in the middle of the We're us. always stalling, waiting for Jordan. But he's got, here's the thing, though. I'm going to defend Jordan on this. He's got a lot of hats that he wears well, over the course of the day. Take your hats off when you're coming on the air and get in here and be ready. We've got prizes to give away, Paulie. We've got You gave the prize away? We do have our Already. winner, by the way, for those of you listening. What was listening. her name? It was Melissa. Congratulations, Melissa. She won a piece of the dome. And Melissa's from Auburn, but she still listens to us in Maryland. So thank you, Melissa. Nice. It's very exciting. You know what else is uh, exciting? Two teams got eliminated from the NBA playoffs last night. We're, we're finally getting to this next round. We're almost there. First game we got to talk about, Nuggets eliminated the Blazers. Uh, everyone's going to look at Nikola Jokic with 36 But Michael Porter Jr. hit six three-pointers in the first quarter, which is interesting because he's always been an athletic guy. He's a taller guy. But he went out there and he made six three-pointers, and that kind of set the tone. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I really wanted this series to go the distance. We talked about it on the show yesterday that I I was pulling for the Blazers. I usually don't have a rooting interest in these things, but um, you know, with the the mellow connection, I love Dame Lillard. I just I wanted to see that series go seven. I wanted to see more of Dame Lillard. Uh, and Portland was in complete control of that game really for about three quarters, Up fourteen in the third, and then it just slowly started to slip away. They stopped making shots. The Nuggets, you know, got hot there in the fourth quarter. And, you know, in the blink of an eye, it went from the Blazers being in complete control to, you know, the, the thing got away from them down the stretch. So it's unfortunate. Nuggets probably would have won the series anyway, going back home to Denver in a Game 7. Who knows? But it it would have been nice to see Dame one more time on that stage in a, in a Game 7 winner-take-all. But Could have gone uh, better we, than 3 uh, from 11 for Deep, yeah, he, though, if he, he wanted to help well. himself yeah. out. I think he made one field goal in the second half, I think. Not great. Um, so well, where does that leave last our... our our savior in Syracuse, Mello. Do you think that was the last game we've seen of him, or is he coming back? Is I he can't a blade? He is played he a, so well this year. Is I he a trailblazer? He's, he's a again? bucket. He has no reason to leave. Is he a blazer again? 
I think it depends on who else is still a Blazer. You know, I mean, the way that the NBA changes from year to year, um, I, I mean. Do you think he's helped himself enough that someone else will take a risk in him? Yes. I, yeah, I don't know how much or, of a risk it is. He no, can I score know, and he can shoot. All you I need know. to do to make an NBA roster in 2021 Correct. is be able to hit But there, for some reason, nobody wanted him. You know, is that still out there? He ended up in Portland. Yeah. It worked out pretty well for him. I, my my gut says he stays He's there. not going to end up on a contender, though, right? You know, he's not he's not the missing piece for anybody, is he? But he could be a guy off the bench who you can put in the game and count on to make some baskets. Maybe in the fourth, even. Someone gets hurt, you want to put a vet in to replace him? Who better than Melo? He knows how to make a tough shot. So we were talking about this in the office yesterday. This actually came up last night. We were discussing, you know, whether or not he's done or should he come back or whatever the case may be. So he is, um, let's see, he's 39 points away from Moses Malone for ninth all time. And then he's just a shade over 1,000 away from getting to Shaq wow. for eighth all time. And then he's he's not going to touch the guys above Shaq. I mean, Wilt is uh, – Wilt's – 4,000 points uh, better than Melo right now, and, and you know, it goes up from there. He has a hot night. Um, you never know. <laughs> I think he's coming back. You know, one more good season gets him there, right? I mean, one more really good season. Or season like this, for for that matter. Yeah. It, it gets him to, to eighth all time. So I would be surprised if he walked away, especially when, you know, that is within reach. And he's obviously a top 10 scorer of all time already. Um, but he can move up two more rungs uh, on the ladder. And, you know, let's see. He scored. He averaged 13. Just let me do some quick math here. Okay. Um, That's what we're here for. Yeah. So he averaged 13 and a half points per game. I can't do the math. I need you to do it. Times 69 games. So he's at 931 plus, you know, another. We'll give him another 100. for Yeah. So he would, with a solid year, and again, this was a little bit of a shortened season, um, with a solid year, if he if he has a repeat of this year, he's getting to eighth all time with one more season. All right, let's hope somebody picks him up. Another another game last night. Oh, there was. was. Well, you 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 oh. assume that he's not going to stay in Portland. I mean, he could. Right. Is he? He's not under contract with him again, is he? He's, I mean, by all accounts, they're not really... doing like extended deals with Melo, are they? I mean, they... also if he wants out at his age, he'll get out. Well, that's what I was going to say. By all accounts, he likes it there. Yeah, I think some I'm of sure it he depends does. on. If you know, what 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 are the other pieces there, right? I mean, I I, I have no reason to believe Dame's going to go somewhere well, what, else. But if he were to, what you know, is a disadvantage for Dame is an advantage for Mello. I think is he's in a place where there's no pressure on him. There's yeah. you know, you know, nobody cares if you win or lose, or that you exist for that matter because you're in Portland. I mean, if Dame's unhappy and says, "Get me out of here." And you know forces his hand at a trade or something, and you know I, I guess that that would be have to be taken into account. I guess is what I'm saying. Um, but I have no reason to believe that he wouldn't want to be there and that they wouldn't want him back. I thought it worked out pretty well. What what else happened last night? There was another game. You say yeah, this LeBron James Ooh. guy lost in the first round for the first time in his career, and it might not even be his fault. Um, it's not. As the Suns eliminate the Lakers from the playoffs, there might be a storyline that is just as big, and that's the fact that Anthony Davis, battling a groin injury, close. started the game and had to leave five minutes into the game oh, yes. with that injury. I've seen, uh, I believe it was Charles Barkley who was saying they were trying to RG3 him and that he had no business playing right. that game. He didn't. And I think you were saying this actually the other day. 
about this that should Anthony Davis not play well he played five minutes and had to leave well he had a, you know I, I'm not going to argue with him giving it a shot you know of you, course you got probably po- said, you gotta, I want to play yeah he, you got to give him the shot in that position but they're lucky they didn't make things a lot worse you know you didn't get a KD situation out of him and you lose him for a whole the whole next year but with his his uh, injury proneness you probably don't have him for much of next year anyway so i you say street clothes I, it's all in good fun anthony davis will will be fine he'll continue his nba career i have seen day to davis on the I internet. like that. That's a good one. That's pretty good. You can't even deny you it. Say Steve. the same about that Joel Embiid. That is good. That's clever. Um, you know, you you uh, took exception to the fact when I put the Suns a notch ahead of the Lakers when we did our NBA power rankings. Um, Suns are a pretty good team. Yeah, and the Lakers needed to be at full strength in order to beat them. They weren't at full strength. Suns were fortunate that Chris Paul was able to play and be effective, and we didn't really know what what his situation was. But when when the Suns are healthy, they're good. And when Dever, Devin Booker is scoring like that... He also hit six first-quarter I mean, three-pointers. He started eight for nine from three-point range. Um, he was lights out. I do want to ask you, I mentioned this to you during the break. Jordan, I didn't talk to you about this. I want to get your guys' thoughts on it. The dunk that he had at the very end, game was over. Gears had waved the white flag at that point. They go on a, The Suns go on a fast break with, I don't know, there's about 20 or 30 seconds left. And Booker like throws it down, emphatic jam, starts jawing at the Lakers as he's you know running down the court. He got a technical Love foul it. for it. Um, okay, that, that's what I was going to ask you. Do it, do it. Love you, it. This running. is his first ever playoff series. He came out in what some would call the biggest game of his career against the biggest star in the NBA, and he completely showed him up. Thirty seconds left in the game, slam it down, and then you have all the time you want to rest before the, the next the series. The world has. Bent a knee for LeBron James. He can he can handle getting well, a jam. I don't even look at this as Devin Booker against LeBron James. In fact, no, LeBron was Lakers, very gracious afterwards. The yes, Lakers, just in terms he gave of Devin Booker, he gave, signed gave him a signed jersey, the, and they took a picture with him. And, the Lakers also, you know, the world has the, the Lakers are a premier franchise. You know, when you think basketball, you think the Lakers. Yeah, if you beat them, you jaw, you talk it up. It's two thousand twenty-one. The rules have changed in sports. I love it now. I love it that players are showboating. Well, well that was always the thing. No, they were it's allowed. Different. And no, now it's, no, it we're was, going the other way. Back then, it led to fights. You know, if you if you did what he did, he would have gotten knocked out well, in the eighties. There was so, well <laughs> in baseball also. Yes, Montrez Harrell would have ran off the bench and just <laughs> given him a forearm shiver. I'm sure there was some there was some jawing going on last night. No punches or anything like that, but there was some jawing. And... No, but yeah, it's a different time, and I and I like it. I like right. that player, young players in all sports. Are enjoying themselves. Show up the team after you beat him. Okay. Evan like Booker it. dated Come a Jenner. On. You think he doesn't want the attention? Come on. He dated a Jenner. <laughs> Show up the team. Yo, the I didn't Lakers think it was necessary. It. I didn't think it was necessary. But in any, it doesn't take away from his performance. Man. I mean, it's unbelievable. Man, the I'm Lakers not crying about go home to their mansion. Man. No. I, that's like, not what I, I don't approve of it in college, but these guys are pros. They're making millions of dollars. Entertain me. Entertain also, the plebs. He's not used to the fans, probably. I mean, they've been playing some games with fans, but he was probably so amped up. Your first playoff series, your first time with the fans for the playoffs. So you're not a fan of the Barry Sanders flip the ball to the ref when you score a touchdown? No, that's great, too. It's his own style. Yeah, I like it. They're very different, though. No, they are. Everybody's got their own thing. You and Paulie are very different. I like you both. Um, Sometimes. Yeah, you would handle the ball. Who do you like better, though, to be honest? 
Oh, the phone lines are still <laughs> busy. I think you, I have to. Did Katie really just unbusy them now? You would throw. You would hand the ball to the ref. I would. Uh, I would go the Smurfs. I would. I would do the high five with my teammates and jump into the crowd. We're very different in that matter. The Smurfs. Where did that come from? That's Your the, shirt. That's the first thing I thought of when I thought of. Well, if you can say Barry Sanders, why can't I bring up the Smurfs? Barry Sanders played sports and had a celebration. The Redskins were called the Smurfs. They celebrated their touchdowns. You don't oh, remember? That's what you're talking about. Yeah. I no, I that totally just went over my head. Until you didn't you said know that. that? No, I, I do know it now. I was like, what is he talking about? I got you. Okay. Thank you. I thought you were talking Lambo leap there. You said jumping the in the stands. I got you now. Ke- Kevin from Liverpool throwing shade at Jordan, saying that you're always late because your legs are short. Any truth to that rumor? That was uh, that. What do you mean? Any truth to the rumor? You see me every day. Is, my legs shorter. No, that is decent shade. I like it. That's some good shade. I always say it. I got hired here because you were sick of being the shortest one, Polly. I always say it. It's true. Wait, what? I didn't hire you for talent. That's for sure. Let's take a time out. Your skill set did not get you this job. We'll find out if Jordan's still here in studio with us on the other side. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.